Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. It's so wonderful, isn't it? It's amazing. And we can see God's intention through Genesis to Revelation to bring a specific message to reveal his perfect will for us, his plan for us. And he's bringing a specific message for everyone. God's message, most of the time, is being presented to specific receivers. He has a message for the angels. The Bible says in Psalms, Praise the Lord, you angels, you mighty ones who carry out his plans, listening for each of his commands. Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve him and do his will. He has a message for his creation. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Let the sea and everything in it shout his praise. Let the fields and their crops burn out with joy. Let the trees of the forest sing for joy. Even he has, God has a message for the devil. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. But have you noticed that when God wants to communicate his message to humanity, to reveal, lead, and fulfill his plan for us, God puts his heart into his message to make it clear to us that he has an amazing purpose for us, amazing plan, amazing destiny. And the primary resource where our God is bringing this message to us Firstly, it's through the Bible, you know, his word, through the Bible. And all the books talk about God's specific message for a specific people. And something to consider, that it's not just, uh, you know, we have the Bible, this is the main resource that God speaks through our life, through the Bible, to our life. But also, he can speak through circumstance, through other people, through dreams, wherever. Uh, through nature as well. But I have um, analyzing, I have been analyzing that God's message sometimes includes the specific person or a pe- people, you know, the people or person. He has this receiver, the people that receive the message. In that, also, he's bringing a description of Christ. Who is Christ? What is the purpose of that? Because he wants to introduce the person of Christ in his message to be exalted. This is the main reason. When he's bringing his message to our life, he wants to introduce Jesus Christ. He he wants us to have this encounter with his son. In that way, once we can know him, we can exalt him. Exalt him forever. Also, his message is bringing encouragement for people and encourage. For what? To make it clear to us our original identity. Who are we? Who we are? To make it clear to us our original identity and our real identity. Also, in the message, we say he is bringing his message to people or a person. He is introducing or describe 
Christ in his message to be exalted. And also he's bringing encouragement to people as well. But also, we cannot avoid that. Always in his message, he is bringing the problem to be tackled. The problem to be resolved. A, a problem that we may face, but he's bringing that to be resolved. He's bringing the solution or counsel in his message. Maybe also in the message, he's bringing a warning, but always he's bringing a promise, a specific promise for us. How amazing is that, you know? How amazing is that? He is directing his message to humanity, people or person. He's describing Christ because he wants us to have this encounter with his son, and he wants us to exalt him. He's bringing the encouragement to make it clear to us our real and original identity. The problem to tackle, um, the solution counsel, maybe a warning, and promises, always promises. I would like to talk about, maybe um, I don't have enough time to go in details, but I would like to mention three people in the Bible. I really love the Bible. I I'm, I'm admire a lot of people, especially Jesus, you know, in the Bible. But I love, yeah, I, I, I admire a lot of people in the Bible. But I would like to talk about three people in particular. One is Joshua. You already know the meaning of Joshua. In Hebrew, it means God's uh, salvation belongs to God. You know, salvation belongs to God. This is the Hebrew language, and the Greek name of uh, salvation belongs to God is Jesus. It's Jesus. I would like to talk about Joshua, Gideon as well, and Peter, okay? Uh, I will try to make it, it uh, shorter. Okay. You know, and knowing the book of Joshua, you have all this structure that we say before. He has a message for someone. And this person is Joshua. And he said in Joshua chapter 1, verse 6 to 9, be strong and encourageous. For you are the one, I'm, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land. I swore to their ancestor I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not debate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of the stronghold continually, meditating on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It's amazing. He's bringing this message to a specific person, Joshua. You know, and he's saying, you, I have called you that you are going to be a leader. I have called you because you have been called to be a leader. It's amazing to know that God knows us. He knows everything about us. And he has called us by name. And he said, you are mine. He knows you. Before 
that you were created, you know, in the belly of your mother. He already knows you. And he said, I have called you as Joshua to be a leader, to be someone that, wa that is going to represent my name. And he said, you are mine. I remember when I was a child, I, I was five years old, and I was in a pharmacy. My mom hugged my hands in the pharmacy, and someone came. I, I never forget this man. Um, forgot this man. This man came to me, and he said, I was five years old, and he came, approached to me, and he said, daughter, you have a mission to achieve. Five years old. Amazing. You know? You have a mission to achieve. And when my aunt gave me this Bible, she said, read Psalms. And, but also I read uh, Samuel, and I found that, you know, God spoke to Samuel. And I was really impressed of that. And I said, I'm not going to sleep tonight, God. I want to hear your voice. And I was 15 years old. I sat down on my bed, and I said, I want to, I'm looking forward to hear your voice, God. And it became 10, midnight. You know, and I was like, oh, struggling and fighting because I wanted to sleep. And suddenly, I woke up the next day at 10 a.m. You know, I was in a really uncomfortable position in my bed. And I said, oh, no, I fell asleep and I couldn't hear your voice, God. And, yeah, I don't know what happened. But the following two weeks, I was sleeping, you know, in my bed. And I heard clearly my voice say, Marbelly. It was God's voice talking to me directly. I do believe that God can talk in that way as well to us. Of course, the main resource is the Bible. But why God's intention is about that? Because he loves us. And he wants to communicate clearly to us through his word in different ways as well. You know, but we have there, you know, the message God is talking to Joshua directly a word of encouragement to let him know that he has an amazing purpose. But there is a problem there. A problem came. What happened? They needed to get ready to battle, and they had the victory in the battle, but they need to go to another city to conquer the other city, but they were defeated. And Joshua frustrated, he said, what happened? What happened? And he was really frustrated. And God spoke to him and says in Joshua chapter 5, verse 13 to 15. And it, be, it came to pass when Joshua was, was in Jericho, um, verse 14. So he said, no, but I command, oh, sorry, Joshua chapter 7, verse 10. But the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why are you lying on your face like this? Israel has sinned and broken my covenant. They have stolen some of the things that I command must be set apart for me. And they have not only stolen them, but have laid about and hidden the things among their own belongings. That is why the Israel are running from the enemies and defeated. For now Israel in itself has been set apart for destruction. I will not remain with you any longer unless you destroy the things among you that were set apart for destruction. Interesting. You know, he received firstly a word of encouragement, and he was called to be a leader. 
but now he's frustrated. He's facing the problem. But God said, you will be victorious. You will continue being victorious. But you need to destroy the things that your people took from the enemy. You need to destroy that. I will not remain with you any longer unless you destroy the things among you that were set apart for destruction. It's interesting. They needed to get rid of, of that thing, specific things. That, that things were set up for destruction. But they were having that, you know. They were having that with them. And God said, the warning, if you remain in that way, you will be destroyed. You need to destroy that. You need to get rid of, of that. And they obey. They, you know, put on fire that. They destroy that. They destroy. And Joshua, in, uh, by the end of the book, Joshua chapter 24, Joshua gathered all his people, you know, and he said, I have served God. I have served God with all my heart. And chapter 24, verse 15, he said, but if serving the Lord seems undeserved to you, then choose to then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors serve beyond the Euphrates of the gods of Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Why? Because he saw God's promises being fulfilled in his life. And do you know what? During his journey, Jesus was revealed to him. He born as a prototype of Jesus, as a leader and prototype of Jesus, representing Jesus. But one day, he saw a prince, you know, and he said, who are you? And this man said, I have come to, I, I am the commander of the prince of the God's army. And he worshiped him. It was a revelation of Jesus Christ. It is in chapter 5, verse 13. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him. His sword, his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? Verse 14. So he said, Not, but as a commander of the army of the Lord, I have not come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servants? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Joshua, take your sandal off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so, did so. You know, receiving this message from God and knowing that he was called to do amazing things, facing the problem but obeying, the pro obeying to God, you know, God's instruction, and seeing his family and his people Follow God's instruction as well. How amazing is that? I know that God has called you for great things. At some point, he has revealed to you specific things that he has prepared in advance for you. But at some point in your life as well, you are going to face problem. And it's good to know the reality of this problem. And sometimes we need to get rid of things, you know, that were destiny for destruction. God said, it doesn't belong to me. Always we are looking for a yes from God, you know, or a wait, wait. But no one wants to have no from God. But they know are welcome as well. 
When God says no, he knows why he's saying no. Because the no from God doesn't harm you. The no from God restores you and protects you. The no from God are coming by his perfect will because he knows that he has a plan not to harm you, but to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. But when we say yes and guys say no, we are going to be harmed because we are taken by our own way. Apparently, when God said no, it seems like, oh, it's hard, you know, it's painful. But it's promoting obedience in our heart if we surrender. And we say, God, I want to get rid of all this. It doesn't belong to you. You want me to get rid of it. You want me to destroy this, that it was destiny for destruction. I'm getting rid of all this. I don't want anything to, to hold on me. And the next one is Gideon. Gideon's uh, name means destroyer, mighty warrior. This is Gideon. Gideon, chapter 6. Verse 12, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where all these wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and give us into the hands of Midian? The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, But now, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. This man was not impressive, having a revelation of Jesus. That was Jesus. And he was not impressive. All the people in the Bible, when they have revelation of Jesus, you know, wow, Jesus, you are really uh, surprised and amazed. No, he has a bench of complaining. Complaining. Ah, I was waiting for you, Jesus. I was waiting for you, God. Because I'm facing disappointment. I'm tired of suffering. I'm tired of this situation. And I have this complaint to you. Why if you say that you are almighty God? What if you say that you have done, and my ancestors say that you have done amazing things? What is happening this for us? Why this, this suffering? But he insisted and said, you are a mighty warrior. He's highlighting his identity, his original identity to Gideon. I have created with a great purpose. I will be with you. I, I'm with you. Is it some, something like familiar to us? Sometimes we are facing again the problem. And, you know, we come not just in a worship, as a worshiper. We don't come before God as a worshiper. We come more as a complainer, you know. And say, I'm tired, God. I want to quit. I don't want to carry on with that. It's just negative news that I'm getting now. I'm tired of that. But God's boy is saying, I'm with you. I have prepared you to come and to see the breakthrough in your life. 
what is your problem this morning? I don't know, but God knows your problem. And he said, I am with you. I am with you. And I, I, I have anointed you to see the breakthrough in your life. Judges chapter 6 is God's instruction. God is bringing the problem to tackle that, but it's giving instructions. Judges chapter 6, verse 24 to 32. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it the Lord is peace. To this day it's a stand and offer of the Abyssalites. The same night the Lord said to him, Take the second bolt from your father's head. The one seven years old, tear down or pull down your father's altar to the Baal and cut down the Asherah. And he did that. He obeyed. Quiet, you know, quietly. He did that and destroyed that. He pulled down. He tear down. He destroyed completely something that belongs to his ancestor, his dad, his family. Something like tradition that destroyed, he destroyed that. And apart from that, he faced, you know, people. People came uh, and said, who were doing this? Who were doing this? And uh, um, Gideon does respond. If it's, this is a God, he will respond. He will defend himself. Again, the problem is there. He said, I want to bless you, Gideon. I want to use you. I want to give you the victory. But you need to fall down. You need to tear down. You need to get rid of this. It's something as a curse that has come from generation to generation. But you need to get rid of this as well. The problem is coming to tackle that. God is not bringing in an obvious way to let us know what is the problem, the reality of problem. No for condemn us. No for judge us. He's bringing the problem to tackle that, to bring the solution, to bring the solution. The other is Peter. His name means a stone or rock. And Jesus called Peter by his name, you know. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 17 to 19, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, Galilee he saw two brothers, Simon also called Peter and Andrew, Throwing a net into the water, for they finished for a living. For they finished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. And followed him. Jesus revealing his message to a specific person. Jesus knew. John chapter 13, verse 3 to 10. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. This is the context when Jesus wants to wash uh, Jesus, um, the, the um, disciples' feet. Uh, verse 6, when Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but so, someday you will. No, Peter protests, you will never, ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, Unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, Then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Jesus replied, A person who has bath all over does not need to wash except for feet. 
and we know all the context there. Matthew chapter 16, verse 16 to 19. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, talking about Jesus, the previous declaration that Peter said that you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Verse 18, and I tell you, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Wherever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and wherever you lose on earth will be loose in heaven. Joshua, Gideon, and Peter. I love these three people, you know, because it reminds me that we are vulnerable people. I imagine when Joshua knew that his leader passed away, he was closer to his leader, you know? He was cl closer. He was most of the time walking with him and enjoying God's presence through him, but now he has passed away. Maybe he's thinking, I don't have any support with me. I'm alone right now. What can I do? My leader has passed away. But there was God's message at the right time and saying, now you are going to be the leader. Now you are going to lead my people. I am with you as well. Be strong. Be strong. He's giving authority to him. Gideon as well. He said, why? I, I cannot understand, Gideon said. We are the lead. Uh, my, my tribe is the smallest tribe of the country, and you are using me. You want to use my life. And God said, I'm with you. I'm giving you authority. And Peter, you know, is there as well with all the failures, you know, and all the failures that he has. And he was the first leader to preach the gospel, and more than 3,000 people came to the knowledge of salvation, receiving salvation. And God anointed him with authority. Because it is not about experiences. It is not about knowledge. It is not about that you depend on someone else. It's about believing what God wants to do through your life. And he said, I have given you authority through my words. I have anointed you to be my representative wherever you should go. I am with you. This is no time, this is not the time to feel that you are alone, you are facing loneliness, you are not alone because God is with you. This is not the time to feel with self-esteem and saying, I'm not worthy because God's grace is upon you. It is no time to say, God, I cannot make that, I cannot make that, I want to quit, I have a lot of failures, because God says, you have another opportunity in my hands, I want to use you. But it's necessary to get ready. You can say to the next person, I'm getting ready for that. I'm getting ready for that. I do believe that we are getting ready for that. And when God because he will bring his message clearly to us. 
and saying, God, you can evaluate my heart. You can know my heart. I want God's approval in my heart. Because it's not about living by appearances, you know. It's having God's approval in your heart. And he will bring instruction to your life. Instruction to, to follow in, in a faithful way. And you will see God opens door every single step that you may take in obedience. You will see that God is opening doors for your life to promote his purpose in your life and for others as well. And the amazing thing is Peter, Joshua, and Gideon, they have this revelation of Jesus Christ at some point in their life. Well, Peter, he has spent three years with Jesus. But the greatest news for us is that we can meet Jesus every single second in our life. Every single second. The 24 hours that God has given us, we can meet Jesus and have the experience of Jesus and exalt his name forever and ever. This is the amazing things. Praying and asking God for a specific word for you. I mean, all of this is uh, God is giving for, to our life as well. But Isaiah chapter 58, verse 11 to 12 says, The Lord will guide, guide you continually. Giving you water when you are dry and restoring, restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a, an ever-flowing spring. Some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. I'm, I'm reading from New Living Translation. I do believe in Jesus' name that this church is going to rebuild this city in Jesus' name. I do believe in Jesus' name that this church is going to restore homes, families. And you have been called to see this in your life, starting in your life. God said to Gideon, your, your parents, your ancestors, build this altar, destroy it. Destroy it. I don't know your background, but God is saying these things that you have as an inheritance, destroy that, doesn't belong to me because I want to break, break through to your life. God is saying it's necessary to put fire to that, to get rid of, of that. It's interesting, Joshua, you see, six minutes left. No. It's, it's six minutes. Okay. I don't know the time right now. <laughs> okay. It's interesting. Joshua, meaning is um, God, uh, salvation belongs to God, you know, and he has this encounter with Jesus Christ. And he obeyed and he put on fire the thing that they needed to get rid of. What happened when you burn something? What is the result? What do you have left over when you burn something on fire? Ashes. Ashes. Sometimes it's not enough just put fire to something, but it's necessary to remove the ashes as well, to remove the ashes. There was a time in my life that I thought that that thing, you know, was finished. But God said, you have still you have ashes there. You need to remove the ashes from your heart, you know. 
with Gideon, they destroyed that. But the result of that was confrontation. He destroyed with authority, but confrontation came. When God has anointed you to destroy, the result will be confrontation. And don't be afraid, God says, to confront the situation. Face the situation and confront that in Jesus' name. Confront that, that situation that you are facing. Once you have destroyed, people will come and, and you know, in, I will say in the spiritual realm, you will see that's a, a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle, but confront that with God's authority. And Peter, he failed, you know, but he was restored. And God said to, uh, uh, Jesus said to Peter, do you really love me? You repent when you deny me, but you really love me. Do you really love me? And he said, yes, I love you. But he was responding, I love you in a fraternal way. Until he understood that God, that Jesus was saying, do you love me with your unconditional love, with a sincere love, with a pure love? Do you love me with a pure love, Un unconditional love? To go wherever I will send you, you love me in that way and say, you know everything, Jesus, you know everything in my life. Just finishing, um, do we have PowerPoint? Okay, thank you. As I said before, Joshua's name is salvation belongs to God. Jesus' name is the same. It means salvation belongs to God. Gideon, destroyer, mighty warrior, feller, Peter, stone and rock. Next one, please. Jesus, God is salvation, oh, salvation belongs to God. John chapter 14, verse 16, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Acts chapter 4, verse 12, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Salvation belongs to Jesus. Do you feel that your family doesn't have um, any response to get in unity, to see unity in your family? Or that person facing this illness, you think that person cannot make that anymore? Salvation belongs to Jesus. Jesus has the last word. He can save. He can save from sin. He can save from condemnation. He can save from death but also he can save from illness as well because he paid everything on the cross and by his wounds we have been healed. Jesus, God is salvation, but also Jesus represents as well mighty warrior, a destroyer. Satan come to destroy, but also Jesus came to destroy the work of Satan, you know. The one who does want, the one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. He can destroy the devil's work. Are we fighting? Yes, we are fighting every single day against the enemy. 
but he already has defeated. He is, I will say, you know, we have the victory. We stand in victory, in a position of victory, because Jesus destroyed the enemy as well. And Jesus as well is the rock. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I will, I will tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hate will not overcome it. I will give you the key of the kingdom of heaven. Wherever you bind on earth will be bound on heaven, and wherever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. This is the authority. We are, we are bringing Jesus' salvation to our families. We have been called to conquer territories, and the primary territory is our family, to see Jesus' salvation there. We have been called to fight with the power of Jesus Christ in us, with the authority of Jesus Christ in us. And at some point, we are going to face the problem to tackle the problem, to resolve the problem. With authority, at some point, we are going to confront the situation. And also, we have been called as Peter to stand in Jesus' rock and saying, God is enough in my life, more than enough. God is our satisfaction. And there, we have this communication. We have this communication with the Father. He said, you are mine. And I have this amazing purpose for you. And he's saying, this is your original identity, my son and daughter. You have tremendous privilege to be my son and daughter. This is the problem, but you have the solution there. Because you are more than conquerors in my name. And he's bringing his promises to our life. His promises to see salvation in our family as well. Thank you for watching this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at or check out our website at www.centre-church.uk.